Welcome to Missing Pets, No Place Like Home. I'm your host, Mitch Bernard. I feature content about lost and found pets from their owners, actual and potential finders, and professionals and volunteers who take care of all of the above. For this episode, I spoke with Callie Lesnia, an expert on wild birds. We talked about how she came to care for these gorgeous creatures, some of the ways they differ from cats and dogs as pets, and what that means for recovering them when they are displaced. Up next, my interview with Callie. Oh my gosh, you brought a bird. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh my God, he's so gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I love birds so much and I don't know anybody with one. I have so many questions, so. Oh, good. Everybody is, everybody hates birds. They're like, they're creepy. Their tongues are dry. It's weird. (laughs) What? So I'm so happy to talk to someone that loves birds. Oh my gosh, I really do. Um, I think they're just gorgeous. And um, when I was in college, this boy, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with as one does when one is in college um he had an african gray and just the sweetest bird and he brought him from home to live with him in his apartment the one year and it was just so fun and he would like do the thing where he would have him on his back he would like put his thumbs in the bird's feet toes and like push it around on the floor and he would just go crazy (laughs) was so happy that's so funny and then I followed the story of the Alex the African gray I guess that was like very very smart and they did a lot of studies with him and then when I lived in Pittsburgh yeah I didn't know about the brother but Pittsburgh yeah when I lived in Pittsburgh there's the national aviary is there and (gasps) it's there's this one hyacinth macaw that is just like the most breathtaking creature you've ever seen. It's like, it's huge. And just this brilliant, like lapis blue and with these bright yellow, I don't know what this is called over here, the but the bears and yes, the, yeah, whatever I, this I'm so of, glad. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you here. And I, I want to talk about you for, a bit and then I want to talk about how you got into doing work with birds and what you do after that we'll get into like special challenges in locating birds and recovering them once they get out because it seems to happen more often than I would have expected I don't know what I would have expected but um, I'm always surprised and a little worried when I see you know some like parakeet or something some little bird that's uh showed up on someone's balcony or whatever so yeah, yeah, and they have such a shorter length of recovery time available too. That's always frightening. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about uh, what you do now with birds and how you got into that work. Okay, well, um, I guess it was about 
five or six years ago, maybe seven now. Oh my goodness. I had finished school was well, my last year of college and needed some part-time work. And, um, I've always, always been into animals. I, I grew up on a farm and I, I didn't go to public school. So, you know, animals were my only companions. I never went to like a real school or anything. So, um, there was this store in Oklahoma city called birds, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the only stores I've ever come across that, um, whatever you believe about breeding, uh, it did actually, it, it did some breeding and it acquired a lot of chicks of many species, um, and hand yeah, raised them to, to then retail that too. Yeah. Uh, now that I know better, I do better, but as a yeah. kid and sure. So, so I started managing this store for them and it was, it was the best job I've, I've ever had. Mm. I, I loved it. Um, only time in my life I've ever, you know, not been able to wait to get up and go to work. And I got to work with just about every species you, you commonly think of cockatoos, grays, littler ones, kaiks, conures, uh, all of the macaws. Yeah, it's um, it's a bush parrot. So like instead of step up, instead of the big long tail oh, like you see in parrots you. that are up mm-hmm. in the trees, caiques have and other bush parrots have little square flat short tails oh, so that they can wiggle around in the brush yeah. and stuff. But they're little. They're like this big. They're kind of like puppies, little playful. They're always rolling around on oh, the backs and being cute. silly. And you should introduce your introduce your companion there. This is Monty. He's a a hybrid macaw. He's a cross between a green wing and a scarlet. And I did even get to meet one hyacinth. I was so glad to hear you tell that story. Oh, nice. She was amazing. I'll never forget her. Yeah, just an incredible looking bird. Um, And how old is Monty? Yeah. Well, um, it's really tough to tell parrots' ages. Okay. Uh, Even vets can't definitively say. Um, Often they'll have a leg band with the year that they hatched, but Monty does not. His his former owner said he was about 12 when I, when he surrendered him to the store. So mm-hmm. that would make him, uh, gosh, I guess 18 almost now. Yeah. But they'd live, that's not anything for him, right? I mean, they live like human life. No, right. Yeah. No, they, it's not anything for him. You're right. Yeah. He'll, he'll live to, uh, barring injury or health issue, a hundred. Wow. That's amazing. That is why I don't have a bird because I just can't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I someday maybe like rescue a very old one, but probably after my husband is gone, if I survive him, because my husband is one of the people who's, you know, they can be noisy. So I will give him that, you know, oh, I, yeah. I sort of bird sat a, uh, a bird. I can't oh. even remember what kind of bird it was now, but like the size of an African gray, I don't remember what it was, but kind of a, you know, medium yeah. size people had an apartment and they just kept it, kept the bird's cage covered all day. And so, I mean, I was like 22 or 23. I didn't really know, but my job was to come over and change the papers in the cage and add some food and check the water or something like it was a very minimal kind of routine, which makes me feel really sad now, but, but they said they had to keep him covered because it was too noisy for the apartment. Oh, that is bad, but I guess at least it had a safe place to sleep and yeah, I mean, yeah, 
that's a whole conversation. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You were managing this store, no. which it sounds like also served as a rescue sometimes, took in we, surrenders. Yeah, we we did get a lot of surrenders, kind of kind of like when people get a a puppy that's going to be a, a large, high energy breed, right. people will get a a macaw chick, they're, they're the most commonly surrendered mm. animal or birds as macaws. And yeah. They're very gentle when they're chicks, very sweet. And then they hit puberty around seven years old and they're not so easy to handle anymore. Might wow. you know, break a finger or a wrist if you yeah. come at them wrong. So then, then people wow. want them more. That's even worse than um, like with, you know, puppies and kittens, they do go through, you know, like kittens go through adolescence starting at like four or five months and it lasts until they're almost a year old usually but that's you know if somebody hopefully you warn the person before they you know like it's going to start being kind of clumsy and crazy in you know a few weeks and you kind of warn them what to do and you assure them that it's going to pass and if they're going to give them up they give them up you know within just a few months so the animal hasn't developed that kind of a bond with somebody but after seven years with the same owner that's yeah because they're my understanding is that birds are really um social and you know they really bond to each other or per people or whatever is that right yeah they're they're i i kind of always explain it like it's not that dogs and cats aren't emotionally intelligent they are obviously but mm -hmm. but parrots have just an amazing degree of sophistication emotionally yeah. you get a lot of that more complicated um social dynamics with yeah. parrots and and you're right they do tend to bond more mm. deeply to one person where dogs yeah. and cats you know might might kind of chill with everybody in yeah, the family most breeds not so at least, much. yeah so yeah. so you were at this store managing i keep interrupting you i really want to hear the story oh yeah. It's that's that's about it on the story of how I got into birds. They, okay. I kind of ended up being the the unofficial rehabilitator of the angry macaws that would come in surrenders yeah. to yeah. to buy, and I would kind of rehab them for rehoming so that hopefully they could find a new family. And that's how I ended up with Tim. What is that process like for a bird, like social rehabbing them and getting them adoptable? Well, you kind of, most of them start out mad. Yeah. And you kind of just have to convince them that they're not going to be the boss of you without yeah. ever obviously breaking their, their trust in you. Um, yeah. So once a bird doesn't trust you, it's, it's almost irrecoverable at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. So you got to prove to them that you're not afraid of them and then slowly that'll give you the opportunity to work on those behaviors that right. make them difficult to interesting to be rehomed. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they're, I mean, they're wild animals. So, you know, the, yes. the ability to do real harm to a person is always going to be there for any animal, but the, yeah. it seems to me that the likelihood is greater for a non-domesticated species than for, something like a cat yeah, or a dog as or... opposed to, yeah there most most birds that you see companion parrots that you see are only a few generations removed from the, wow. the original wild environment so definitely not a domesticated species by any means yeah 
can we talk a little bit about them? Sorry, we're getting way, you know, astray from like the whole lost I'm and found, sorry. but we will. No, no, that's on me. I'm so curious. I have so many questions. So I love the little noises that he's making. And by the way, that's so sweet. So <laughs> he's so pretty. I don't know that I'll probably post the whole video of this, but I'll have to find, you know, make some clips oh, no, because no. he's just gorgeous. So most people these days in the United States, they'll purchase a bird from a pet store. I'm guessing, is it like an adolescent bird or an adult bird? How does that well, it, usually come normally to pass? it's a, yeah, normally it's a chick, um, a just weaned chick uh, mm. is what most um, breeding facilities try to sell. And it's kind of going the way of, of purebred dog breeders where it's not so much pet stores anymore, but hobby home breeders. Mm. But you'll still run across a, a, a storefront here and there, mm -hmm. unfortunately, I suppose. Yeah. And they'll, they'll sell the chick as, as after it's weaned normally for a big one around 15 to 20 weeks old. Okay. And it will... You know, at that age, it's very malleable, very friendly, really capable of, of hurting a person with a bite, but really not aware of that yet, really yeah. mentally capable of it yet. Right. Hmm. And then in the dog world, for instance, there are these breeders, there are like, a lot of people make a distinction between like a reputable breeder, a responsible breeder and a backyard breeder. So I'm guessing that there are sort of similar like that there are people out there who just have a couple of birds and let them mate and just see how many birds they can breed and sell yeah yeah that, there that, are definitely those horrible situations where you know some guy has a couple of amazons and a big dog kennel oh. in his backyard and every couple of years they'll have a few chicks and he'll shove them off on somebody yeah but but there are a lot of good ones too. And that's good. I, I definitely can um all the work that's being done on endangered species like the sure. six macaw okay. um, breeding programs that work on that. I I'm all for it. I think that one just released into the wild. It's first group of like 20 or oh my gosh. 20, I think juveniles uh, a year or two ago. So yeah, there's and good stuff too, but lots of bad. Yeah. But they're, so they're normal habitat i'm sure i guess that's probably going to vary a lot but um a lot of these i guess must come from rainforest kind of habitats so our use of all the resources in like south america and that are killing the rainforest those are having an impact on these species viability is that right yeah so a lot of loss of rainforest is kind of or my understanding it's not mm -hmm. like i've been there kind of pushing more treetop jungle ever uh type species like him mm -hmm. into more arid regions like like the more arid scrubby regions of Me of south america okay and that's so that's declining their numbers as well there mm -hmm. there are parrots that naturally live in those arid regions but but like i say they're those short-tailed stubby-tailed right. ones not parrots. these treetop ones yeah. yeah um is it correct to refer to the whole group of these kinds of looking birds as parrots to people or like as a macaw I, I mean a macaw is a kind of parrot but like is a cockatoo also referred to as a kind of parrot or is that a separate 
species entirely? That's a great question. All all parrots are, yes. Um, and all parrots, I think their technical name is citizens. It's like okay. P-S-I-T-T-A-C-I, you know, one of those yeah, Latin, Latin categorization. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And everything except a cockatiel, the really little one with the little, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so are cute. all all parrots. And there's even okay. some debate on the cockatiel. They, they say it, some people say it's technically not a parrot. It's just a sort of a relative of cockatoos and its own thing. But hmm. everything with a hook bill like this, yeah, as opposed to like a toucan, which is a soft bill, yeah. is called a parrot. Right. Cool. Oh, I learned. I've learned so much already. So people are buying these chicks in stores or and I know that in Pittsburgh there was a rescue there was a parrot rescue pearl yeah can't remember what it stood for but yeah there was a parrot rescue I haven't found anything like that up here in Vermont I just moved to Vermont in March oh and I haven't found like I was at, we were at a really nice like sort of con- what I would think of as kind of a conscientious pet supply store with you know, it's an independently owned and lots of um, high quality foods and knowledgeable people. And a woman came in while we were shopping and she asked one of the people working there where she could buy a parrot. She wanted to buy a parrot. And uh, the person told her, you know, we don't, we don't sell live animals, I think at all, but, but he said, we don't sell birds, but you might be able to find one at and referred her to some other store. I don't remember. And after she left, I thought, I wonder, I mean, like, I would think that someone in that position would know if there were a parrot rescue, are there just not very many of them? And we were just unusual in Pittsburgh. (laughs) There's not very many in my experience. I, I know of one main one here in Oklahoma, just outside of Tulsa, it's called Soft Landings. And oh, nice. I mean, she she stays covered up in, yeah. in birds. Like, I, I want to say she has hundreds at this point, and she's I still doing imagine. it out of her home. And Wow. I mean, that's so much work. It really is. And they, they definitely seem to get re- rehomed or surrendered to a rescue about the same frequency, if not more so than, than dogs and cats, unfortunately. So although there's a lot fewer domesticated, yeah, it's not as common of a pet, but people who do have them, not, not great odds. Yeah. I'll have to look up some statistics about like the frequency of ownership. And I wonder what I'll be able to find about, you know, surrenders and things like that. Yeah. So let's talk about missing and recovered parrots and other wild birds that are kept as pets. I'm just going to use parrots for now, but yeah. So often what I see lately is photo of, you know, a cute little green parakeet or something. And someone will say, well, this bird landed on our window or flew in our window or whatever. We have this bird that we found. Does anyone recognize it? But a lot of times the owner of these birds is like with um, dogs and cats, we will, our usual approach when we're trying to recover someone's missing dog or cat is we will, you know, put up flyers and posters and we'll put out cameras to watch for them. And once we sort of get a bead on where they are, then we can set a trap and we can bring them in because there's really, 
uh, it's not very common for a displaced dog or cat to come to someone when called, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. there's certain They're techniques that you have to use to lure them. Yeah. Um, so if I'm the owner of uh, a bird like Monty say, um, what, what are your first recommendations for dealing with bringing him back home? I mean, is it, yeah. What are your first tips for someone in that situation? Well, the first thing you always have to think about is, is this bird flighted or not? Okay. And and there's a lot of space in between there. You know, Monty could fly up into a tree if he got really frightened, but okay. he's never, I don't believe he was allowed to fledge as a chick and really learn. So, oh, okay. you know, it's not as though he could fly several miles away. So yeah. hopefully, you know, if if you're the person looking for the bird rather than the person who found it, you'll know, have some idea of its flight capability. And that sure. can tell you a lot about where am I going to look first? What am I going to, what kind of places am I going to look in? But the very first thing that you want to do, pretty much regardless of its of its flight mm-hmm. capacity, if you, if you don't have an eye on it, if you can't find it, is mm-hmm. to walk the area that it was lost, dawn and dusk, mm-hmm. playing calls like same species calls or on your phone or even better okay if you have another bird put that bird in a in a travel cage okay and take it outside Mm -hmm. it's a pretty common reaction even in birds that don't go outside a lot to to flock call uh when they're outside and that's how they locate each other in the wild especially at dawn and dusk at roosting times so you put them in the cage, you walk the area. Okay. And even if the lost bird is not responding to its its human, say, I would pro- I would put my other macaw mm-hmm. in the cage and and walk the area and hopefully hopefully Monty would respond to his flock mates calls. Okay. And are you at that point also carrying a travel cage for him or do you have like falconers have those gloves with the hooks and things? How are you re- going to secure him once you find him well again that's that's kind of in, like if he comes yeah that's kind of individual that but with monty i i would not have another cage because he's he's not not gonna want to get in a cage just willingly but he he will step up on sure. me and he can't fly a lot i can just wow. kind of a, a great okay a great handle on a bird is just the the sort of you on the back of the neck because that doesn't hurt mm-hmm. them or, or restrict them in any way, except it keeps the wings from extending, so they can't they can't get any lift. Oh, okay. So, but but normally a bird is going to be right. so happy to sense. see its person. It doesn't like they're so scared outdoors. Uh, most most birds have no idea what's going on yeah. outdoors, and they want to come to their person and go home. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess if they're purchased from a store or something and you know they've been bred they don't have I mean there's so many factors there but I was thinking of as you were talking like it's not just whether the flight feathers have been clipped or left intact but also whether the bird gets an opportunity to exercise those muscles and practice flying inside or out like I've I've seen some videos of people who take their birds their their parrots out to a field and just let them fly wild and come back. And like, that's terrifying to me because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if they don't come back? But, you know, these birds 
seem to do that. It does I guess, make me but... very nervous, though, the free flying. Just a quick side note, like, even if you can yeah. trust them to come back, yeah. there, there's so many predators, um, hawks, God forbid, and there's True. no way to train them for yeah. I mean, what are you going to get a hawk and <laughs> have it practice evading hawks? Like, it's just right. not practical. Yeah, yeah. So... But, but yeah, I, yeah, I think with um, dogs and cats, a lot of times people will have the, and I'm sure with other, especially reptile pets, again, you know, wild animals, but they think that if the animal is left out in the wild, that some kind of magical instinct will kick in and teach it to avoid predators and avoid traffic. And I have a lot of conversations with people about letting their cats outside. And it's very common up here to let, to have cats just have free reign yeah. outside because I'm in kind of a rural-ish area. And, you know, I I stopped arguing with people a long time ago because I know it's a very individual thing per owner, per cat, per community, whatever. But my general feeling is that domesticated animals are like toddlers. It's not like you're curtailing their freedom by keeping them inside like they're an adult. They're not. They can't see around corners. They, yeah, they, they just don't naturally stay away from cars and mean people and predatory animals and things like that danger. So yeah, I hadn't really thought about that with the birds, but, but then there are some that not that this changes my opinion about letting them loose, but there are wild caught birds that are trafficked, I guess, still, even though that's illegal. There certainly are. True. Okay. So yeah, I'm, that's, yeah but (laughs) but the factors you're you're making a great point that the the factors of finding a a lost bird are so so different than a a mammal like a dog or a cat Uh, i would say (laughs) secondarily to whether or not they're flighted is the fact that their metabolisms run so much faster hotter they're gonna starve to death or die of dehydration so i mean exponentially more quickly than than any mammal and it's it's not like oh, but they might find water or food. It could be right there. Right. They don't know what they're seeing. I mean, how would they? Yeah, that's, and I think you mentioned when we first started talking about a short yeah. recovery time, is that what you're referring to? Is that they have to eat and drink much more often than? Yes, yes. A, a really small one, like a parakeet, say, that that has so little body mass to begin with, it can, it can starve to death in 24 mm. hours. So obviously wow. a big guy. Yeah, no, that's obviously really a big scary. guy would have a little more time, but yeah. but it's very unlikely that even if there is water in their area or something they could eat, that they would recognize it as yeah. that and do that. Right. Can they smell? Like, do they have a, a sense of smell? Can they smell water or prey sure. or something? I mean, not that oh, they would recognize a, prey, but... That's a great question, too, and it's, you know, it's actually still kind of hotly debated. Oh no, not at, quite all, not at all. People <laughs> really are split. The the last time I kind of read actual research on it, the research seemed to be sort of pointing to we can't find anything in their little nasal structures to indicate that they can smell. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like there's it's in there. Sure. But I mean, there's so much anecdotal owner evidence of, oh, yes, they can. <laughs> so I, I kind of lean more on the side of <laughs> they must have some abilities of smell, even if it's not sharp. Yeah, right. Interesting. What do you feed him? What does he live so on? So there's home? this company that zoos use a lot that makes all kinds of exotic animal foods. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a few, but in my opinion, the most reputable is Zupreme, Z-U-P-R-E-E-M. 
and they okay. make a a parrot mm-hmm. um pellet like a little fruity pebble looking things and and that's really just supposed mm-hmm. to be about 60% of their diet and then you supplement that with okay. unsalted nuts like pistachios walnuts as as a little fats and a little bit of treats but but a lot of fresh stuff mm-hmm. as much fresh stuff as you can give them green stuff bell peppers spicy stuff almost every vegetable but no avocados mm. and no chocolate because those yeah. are both very toxic oh interesting and avocado would not have thought of that I guess that would be hard for yeah, a bird in the wild to eat anyway. Yeah, it's something about the kind of fats that it has. <laughs> Still, they can't, they can't digest them or something. And pits, okay. we gotta stay away yeah. from pits and fruit seeds because those are a little bit toxic. Yeah, stone fruits and things like that. Yeah, cool. And does he get any kind of like mealworms or wormworms or any that kind of stuff, or just fruits and vegetables and the pellets? A and... little bit of of cooked protein, like. I know some people give their birds um, chicken bones to, to chew on, but I, I prefer to just give them a, a okay. that seems risky to me. I don't even know why. Um, it's not like it's going to choke on it like a dog, but I still worry yeah. <laughs> that it'll fracture or something. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'll give them like a chicken nugget every yeah. now and then, or if they want a little bite of whatever meat I have on oh, my okay. plate, I'll give them that. They like a little of that now and gotcha. then. Yeah. How many birds do you I have? I have two macaws and um, a few various outdoor bird poultry, like guineas, chickens, um, and a, a few finches. Yeah. Oh, neat. And how many of those are yours and how many are fosters? They're or just, just mine right, right now? now. Yeah. Soft landings is not that far from oh, that's me. Nice. And I, they pretty much, take, oh, okay. I, I'm in a really lucky situation. They pretty much take in every lost parrot that is found. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. great. That's so great. Okay. So locating. So if I'm an owner and I can get out and look, yes. it needs to be soon. I need to try maybe try to make some noise to let them know where I am to come to me, either with a live bird or some sounds on it. I'm sure there's plenty of apps out there. I'll have to Honestly, if it were me, I would there. just YouTube that species if I didn't have another bird and, and play those flock calls. Yeah. Mm, sure. Yeah. Okay, that's smart. I hear sometimes people talking about putting their cage outside with like their blanket or something like the bird might fly into the cage to I mean, it sounds like Monty wouldn't do that. But are there birds that where that's that's kind of given as the technique to to bring them home? Oh, put be sure to put its cage out right away. Is that a thing? I've definitely heard of that. And I I would really (laughs) recommend that in in the cases where you see the bird but it's too high to reach so so people kind of tend okay. to use that to encourage them to come down and it, it can work it can work if they're like up gotcha. there terrified not yeah. brave climbing down or trying to fly down if they're not an experienced flyer yeah. i'm torn on the blanket yeah. technique some people say Ooh, put the yeah. cage on a blanket or on a big sheet to make it visually out better but I, I'm like I say, okay. I'm torn on that because a lot of birds are very reactive. I think it's part of being a wild animal, not domesticated to two colors, especially big sure. uninterrupted fields of color that you have to remember that they're not a predator animal like a dog or a cat. They're a prey animal. And so they're not going to want to go places that they have no cover. Yeah. No. Yeah. Something about yeah, also a big thing. like red, orange. There's a 
evolutionary theory that it's having to do with instinct to flee fire. They they really dislike those colors. Black, terrified. Oh, of black interesting. Things, big black. Things. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some All kinds snakes of that are <laughs> big black yeah. things that they might not want to encounter. Or, you know, and burn trees. Yeah, I mean that makes. That makes plenty of sense. That's very interesting, though. I'll have to, um, you know, we have plenty of resources in this network I'm in um, that talk about ways to recover displaced birds. I just haven't ever worked a case with a bird, so I'm kind of new to that. And if I do find a bird, and for whatever reason, I'm not able to keep it in my house, although I think I could put it in a bathroom or something until I could find an owner, but say I couldn't, and there's not a soft landings near me, um, what do you recommend that people do? To, would, does Normally, animal control yeah, usually I, know I've how to- I've definitely heard of local animal you know, controls uh, recovering them, and even kind of like how you'll occasionally find a, a bunny or a pig or something up for adoption at the local shelter. I've, I've come across some mm, birds, mm-hmm. yeah. So they, they normally do have sure. lots of kinds of enclosures True. and things that, that can work for a for a bird and and on the if you find one thing and you don't have a bathroom or whatever you can put it in if it's a large enough bird you can get one of those giant collapsible wire dog crates and they'll be totally fine in that for for a little while okay yeah yeah but yeah really the basics Mm -hmm. of of recovery are you want as many people covering the area that it was lost in as immediately as possible and and for as long as possible and like I understand that that's not feasible for dogs okay. and cats because that could honestly go on for weeks but well also it will yeah. drive them further into hiding if they're at all skittish like that's we do not recommend yes. search parties but for like birds for it's ideal cats, because but... they're going to they're going to hole up somewhere and they're probably if they're not experienced okay. flyers they probably don't want to go far but if they're not if they're too frightened to be calling it's going to take a lot of eyes to find wherever they're they're huddled down there's so many places to look even in a a small area so sure you want as many people kind of a grid pattern i would i would say as, as long as possible as fast as possible Sure. And, you know, you don't have to have that that worry about, well, we can't keep people out here doing this for weeks because it's one way or another, successful or unsuccessful. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be doing it for weeks. Yeah. Do people tend to, I know that this happens a lot with reptiles, is that when the reptile gets too big or unmanageable, eating too much, whatever, people will just let them go outside. Pythons, boas, yeah. you hear about this, with especially down south. Yes, uh, Does that happen with birds too? In particular, I yeah. don't know why parakeets, but they're, it's like infamous. Oh, I don't want my parakeet anymore. I'll set it hmm. free. It will die very soon. <laughs> there's just, there's no other way around it. Wow. Yeah. And the least taxing yeah, like, of the whole, of that whole yeah. group to keep, right? I mean, then they, if that, oh, we yeah. live like 20, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, that. My, Parakeets, some of them, the little ones? like a standard I mean, lifespan is, um, is 10 to 15, uh, and some of them die around that 9 to 12. A lot of them die uh, around that 9 to 12. So I I, I wow. think that, yeah, and I, I try to say, that's really I try to sad. Tell myself, that's really just a, a product of a lack of education. They really think it's a bird, yeah. it'll be okay. 
And that Definitely. makes me feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's true. Um, I, I think that way about anybody who makes that decision yeah. is that they just don't, they just don't know better because I don't think that in general people are cruel and want, you know, their animal no, to live a terrifying yeah. death. <laughs> but, you know, I think they just don't, they just assume that, or they assume that someone will pick it up yes. and, oh, I'm sorry. One other thing that I want to make sure people hear about recovery. If, if it does have all of its flight feathers, if there's a good chance it could fly, of course you have to think about, is it a windy day? Could it have gotten caught up in a really high gust and and carried that direction Hmm. further than it wanted to go? Cause it it can be surprising Mm -hmm. how far they do travel, even, even against their will, if they get startled and then caught on a draft and, don't know how to get down, yeah. never practiced landing, sure. all that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I never would have thought of that. that. That's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. That's a very good tip. Well, thank you so much yeah. for talking with me and sharing Monty. So beautiful. I can't wait to put together the the show notes for this and link to all this new information. This is really not stuff that most of us know anything about. So your knowledge is uh, much appreciated sharing that. If someone wants to get involved in maybe adopting a bird for themselves, yeah. what do you recommend that they do? I, the the rescue near me is the only one I know for sure, but normally you can Google parrot rescue near me and it will come up with at least one or two per state. Mm-hmm. And they always, I've never run across right, one okay. that didn't have plenty of birds for adoption, much cheaper than, than buying mm. a juvenile. Yeah. So just like, Sad, just like true. adopting a dog, but fraction of oh, sure. and, and they're grateful. They understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so definitely go to a, go to a rescue. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. And if they wanted to learn more about how to recover missing ones, are there organizations you know of besides those like mine that generally do pet recovery parrot. in general? I don't know anybody that specializes in it. 911parrot.com oh, okay. is great for you report. You can report a missing bird there. And also, yes. And also, I, oh, I believe great. the last okay. time I was there, they had a lot of good tips of if you just lost your bird, here's what you can start with. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. I'm happy that if anybody oh, loses awesome. a bird, if there's anything I can do to answer questions or troubleshoot, don't, don't hesitate. I want to. Get him back home. Thank you. I thought of two more questions I meant to ask earlier. One is, do people spay or neuter birds? Like, is there a way of desexing them so they can't reproduce? um, No. It's because of the hormonal impact on their bodies. They go through a a mating season that's that's very different than, like, say, a female dog in heat. So it would have a really negative impact to to sterilize them. But they can be, they're normally sexed. Um, Mm. when they're a chick, you send off a feather or a little drop of blood and they tell you if it's male or female and you just, it's pretty uncommon to have two parrots caged together Mm -hmm. anyway. So it's just a prevention game and it's surprisingly easy. Um, breeding conditions are hard to, to create. Gotcha. Okay. And then how about microchipping? Do the people ones, microchip birds? You, you can. Some of the really tiny ones, even the little grain of rice size chip is, is too much. Yeah. But, but yes, the big ones, you can. Yeah. I wish I had a resource That's for smart. where to get those. I I do not. But... I would imagine that a, a vet that treats birds would be able to do that sure. or a shelter that 
Yeah. Oh, so I mean, it's well, not, I mean, I mean, I don't know anything about veterinary care for a yeah. bird, but I can't imagine that injections. Yeah, are and that I, different. I bet any vet that has small animal chips, like for for rats yeah. and things like that, I bet they could use the same thing. Yeah, because it just goes right under the skin. They typically place yeah. it kind of on the right. back, like between the wings, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's so cute with his little, I, I'll have to share some video of him doing that. Cause every time you kind of reach your hand over in that area, he puts yeah, his, little, yeah. his little foot up like, Oh, here I am. He loves his mama. Oh, that's so, so cute. Oh, Marnie, the little oh, yeah. Indian ringneck. I, have you seen Marnie? I love to watch him on. I've heard of him. I haven't. On, um, oh, I'll have YouTube. to look that up. They are. Such oh my gosh. Funny he does a great, there's, um, yeah, there's Marnie who does, he does a good peekaboo and like, he's, oh my God, he's the cutest. And then there's another blue one, another Indian ringneck. I think his name is Bacon Pancake, <laughs> but he just will, like the videos are, if you just video, if you just Google, you know, Bacon Pancake Parrot, you'll see him. He just like, they'll put him on the shower yeah. curtain rod and he'll just go, Bacon, 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 Bacon. So <laughs> really oh, cute. I'll have to look that up. Anyway. Thank you again so much, Kelly. It was great to meet you. And great bye, to Monty. meet you too. Bye. Bye. I'm so grateful for my guest, Callie Lesnia, for joining me today. No Place Like Home is a podcast about missing pets. I feature content from owners, finders, volunteers, and professionals. I always appreciate a rating and review on your podcast app and a follow on Facebook, where you can find the show at NPLH Mitch. That's N is in no, P is in place, L is in like, H is in home, Mitch, M-I-T-C-H. Find episodes, transcripts, and additional information at noplacelikehome.show. If you have questions or feedback, you can contact me at nplhmitch at gmail.com. Remember to always think missing, not stray, or don't. This podcast was created, hosted, recorded, and produced by me, Mitch Bernard. The opinions expressed on this show are those of the people expressing them and do not necessarily represent the views of any other entity. Thank you for listening. Friend to the end, all I am is a friend.